All right, well, welcome into today's bonus podcast. This is Pastor Quint here at Erie First Assembly, and we are doing a reading plan as a church, reading through the Bible in one year. And so today we are just going to discuss uh, today's reading. And so I'm joined right now by Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Pastor Nicole, say hello. Hello. And uh, she's just going to share some different things that she is getting out of this passage from Exodus and also Matthew and kind of... Um, yeah, just some bonus material for this reading plan that we've been doing. It has been definitely an exercise in, um, I don't want to say diligence, but discipline for sure. You know, it definitely takes um, discipline to open the Bible, read multiple chapters, uh, and keep intentionality and keep uh, just looking for what God might show you through those. Uh, it is different than than maybe going through like a devotional or something like that to, to decide you're going to read through the entire Bible in a year um, is an exercise in discipline, but it's been really good. So Pastor Nicole, what are some things that uh, you are getting out of this and also just today's passage specifically? Yeah. Well, I do want to encourage you, if you are listening today and you have not started yet, it's not too late. In fact, uh, you could even start with the month of February and just start reading through. Uh, you can sort of jump in on any uh, any month through the year, and then you can make up January, you know, as you go. Um, if you want to go to eeriefirst.org, the uh, reading plan is right there on the homepage. You can download it and you can use it. Um, the reason why I love reading the scripture, the reason why we're talking about it a lot as a church is because the word of God is the best way to know more about who God is. And so Absolutely. if you're feeling like you want to be closer to God in 2021, this is the way to do it. And the Word of God will also always tell us the truth. And I'll tell you what, uh, Pastor Quint, I've never, except for the, you know, in the last six or so months or maybe a year, I have never been so um, appreciative of knowing that what I'm reading is true <laughs> because of all of the, the, the media and the things that we've been, you know, you have to really question a lot of it, right? And figure out what's true and what's not. And I love that the Word of God, we know this is true. Absolutely, no for sure. And I also think... Uh, kind of to echo that, it is, you know, I said in the opening that it's kind of an exercise in discipline to open the Bible, read three or four chapters sometimes. But if we're all being really honest with ourselves, uh, we probably scroll three to four chapters worth of text on our phone in a given day, just reading nonsense or that's reading true. media or reading whatever the case is. So that's why it is more an exercise in discipline than diligence. It's just being intentional about what it is we're going to read, yeah. not just reading whatever happens to to go across our iPhone in any given day. And like you said, so much of that you can't trust. Yeah. But this, we know we can trust. So it's the most centering thing we can do right now. That's really good. I've kind of committed to myself before I read the news uh, in the morning or at night before I go to bed that I'm going to do the Bible reading plan. And that's been a good, uh, just a reminder uh, to me, uh, even reading the news through the lens of the scripture has actually been a really good right. kind of change. Where do your year. priorities lie yes. is really the question. <laughs> Very good. Um, so today uh, I wanted to cover the devotional reading from January 28th. And like I said, if you're not all the way to this yet, that's okay. You can still you know listen along and this will be uh, kind of some preview information, right? Um, but it is, the reading plan was for us to read Exodus chapter 16 through 18 and parts of Matthew 19. So let's just start with the Exodus uh, chapters. Man, in these couple chapters, we cover a lot of ground. There are multiple miracles, some leadership advice. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of things, a lot of really great things in here. Uh, but Exodus 16, God sends food uh, literally from heaven, and it's not Chick-fil-A. 
but it could be, uh, to this entire camp of people. And the scripture says that quail comes and covers the camp, and there's this layer of dew all over the camp, and it actually turns into bread. He literally rains it from heaven for them, and it's miraculously delivered to their front door every day. Uh, but interestingly enough, the Israelites get tired of the menu and they start complaining. Mm. So they're literally complaining about a miracle. Um, right. Maybe we should just stop right here. Right. How, have you ever complained about your miracle? I mean, have you ever, I'm not asking Pastor Quinn to give an example here, but I'm just saying maybe something we should talk or think about, right, in our own lives is, have we ever asked God for something and then complained about it? Right. And um, I think I think we could probably say yes. You yeah. know, um, maybe it's not exactly what we thought. Maybe we say, God, we need provision. And then he offers us this plan that isn't the provision. We wanted just a lottery ticket or, a, you know, something in the mail and God gives us a great job or whatever it is. Yeah, you know? or, or maybe that, that job you have that frustrates you, maybe just think back to when you were praying that you got it. Yeah. That, you, so you know, you're just praying like, God, if this is your will, I really... I want to work here. I think this is the right fit. And then, you know, like we, we humans are a fickle bunch. And so we do, we grow complacent with, uh, with breakthroughs God has given us. But, you know, as we know, God always has a reason, um, for the things that he does and the things that he, he, he just, he says, and he decides. And so as we kind of keep going in this scripture, Moses says to the people, uh, gather what you need for today. Don't keep anything until the morning. And um, Exodus 16, verse 20, I want to read it to you today. It says, however, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. And so Moses was angry with them. And so I started thinking about, well, what was the point of these specific instructions? And and why, why did the food rot, you know, overnight? Uh, what do you think, Pastor Quint? What do you? Why do you think God was so specific in? I think it was an exercise in trust. Mm. Trust me that um, if I say I'm going to provide daily, trust that I'll provide again tomorrow. Don't take matters into your own hands. Something yeah. you know potentially. Yeah, that's really good. And I think it, it's not to necessarily say we should never, you know, stock up, get our groceries from Sam's Club, <laughs> you know, in right. the current day, uh, or anything like that. But what I think. You're right. I think the lesson that I think God is showing us here is um, he was going to send what they needed each day and he was never going to be late and he and, and he would never forget, but they would have to trust him for it. Right. And um, it's interesting because as I was maybe imagining myself right in this time or season in the scripture, um, I think that these Israelites who, you know, maybe were shoving bread in their cupboards or hiding quail under their mattress or whatever. Um, They weren't malicious people. They weren't even bad people. They weren't, um, they probably weren't even trying to be disobedient to what God was saying. They probably just had anxiety about what they would eat tomorrow. Right. You know, they probably just felt worried about uh, their situation. Maybe they were well-intentioned dads like you, Pastor Quint, who has five little kids to feed and you got to provide, you know? So we start thinking... Or maybe maybe some of their parents were sick or whatever, and they started thinking this is the smart thing to do, this is the responsible thing to do. And sometimes I wonder if there are things in our lives that we justify or we make it uh, kind of make those thoughts for, you know, like this is the smart thing to do, this is the responsible thing to do, 
um, and we're and and we're not listening maybe to what God's telling us to do. And I think He's just making a really clear point here that the surrendered Christian life is a daily decision to trust God, and we have to choose that every day. Whether that's something in our work, in our lives, in our churches, in our families. Um, and the only way to live the life God intends for us is to stay really close to the provider of all that we need. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it's even perfectly exemplified in the daily discipline to read the Bible, mm. which is how, why we're even having this discussion today. You know, it's just, if that, if, that's just a microcosm of all of it, right? That's just a microcosm of our Christian faith journey and walking with him is daily we're going to choose to open the word and read from it, right? Yeah. Or we're not. And it's the same thing. It just it just uh, continues to manifest in all other areas of our lives. That's really good. Um, and I also love how the Lord um, always answers us before we even ask the question, right? So our hearts, our human selves, we say, uh, well, how will we face tomorrow? How will we face tomorrow? You know, they're thinking that, right? How will we face tomorrow? And we see in the New Testament, the word of God says, don't worry about tomorrow, right? <laughs> right, because tomorrow's right. going to worry about itself. There will be enough for tomorrow. You just worry about today. Yep. And um, I think that's just such a good reminder as we read this passage. So, okay, so then let's go on to Exodus 17. Uh, the Israelites, they're trying to learn their lesson. They're actually back to grumbling. Uh, but this time, it's not about the menu. It's about they didn't have any water. And I think the highlight of Exodus 17 <clears throat> is verse 5 and 6. Which reads, the Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. And I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb, strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. Now, Pastor Quinn, I don't know if you know this, but water doesn't normally come out of rocks. Truth. In case Very you're true. wondering. Yeah. Um, so, this is a miracle. And God does this amazing miracle for Moses uh, when he is obedient to do what God asks him to do. And I think that that, first of all, maybe is the first thing I take away from this is the water didn't just gush out of the rock, the water, right? It, it took an action, right? right? It took right. a natural step mm-hmm. on our end. Uh, so what is God waiting for us to do so he can provide for us what we need? And uh, that's probably journal worthy. Right. <laughs> to, right. You know, to sit and ask the Lord what it is. Yeah. Um, to do that. And so, um, like many things that God asks us to do, uh, actually, I did a little extra digging on this particular passage, and striking this rock has a deeper meaning. So, um, there was a really meaningful miracle because this was actually symbolic um, of what would happen to Christ. This moment is actually symbolic of what happened to Christ. So let me unpack that a little bit. In 1 Corinthians 10, 4, that's a New Testament verse, it says, we will drink from the spiritual rock who is Christ. Hmm. And in the New Testament, we see how Jesus um, was actually struck like that rock, right, on the cross. And this living water flowed out of Jesus. This The blood of Jesus was the thing that gives us life and the thing that allows us to have life eternal. And his death, is what brings us new life. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. And so wow. Jesus struck, uh, Jesus was struck with a rod, just like Moses uh, struck the rock. And in fact, um, Moses's rod, uh, you may or not know, may not know this, symbolized the law. It symbolized like the curse of the law. Like Moses holding that rod was saying, 
here's the rules, you know, like here, here's the things that you guys need to follow. And so when Moses, uh, the rod struck the rock, it was as if like the law had struck the rock, you know, had, had broken and out of the rock flowed water. And then we see in the New Testament out of Jesus on the cross flows this water that satisfies, satisfies not just our physical thirst, but our spiritual thirst. And so isn't that just yeah, awesome? Wow. You wouldn't know that on the surface. Right, uh, right. But the word of God's so rich, so deep, so many facets. So my encouragement, don't quit digging, right? Don't right. quit digging on this stuff because it's it almost not just makes you It almost makes you wonder what parallels uh, we, we just read right by in Genesis 1 to this moment in this month. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? As we've just read all, the, all of this, which is great. But then if you, you can literally dig into all of it and you'll, you're not going to find the bottom, so... Yeah, so good. So anyway, just a little extra kind of cross-referencing there really shows us that this miracle was even more than met the eye. It was amazing, I'm sure, in the moment, but also understanding what it was foreshadowing in the future. Mm-hmm. All right, so then um, just a quick look into Exodus 18. we got a good story about a father-in-law, and uh, I know you had a great father-in-law, and so I, you can understand abs- a good story about I that. I did, yeah. Uh, but Moses' father-in-law is Jethro, and Jethro gives him some real practical advice. Um, and, you know, I think one thing that's interesting is if Jethro gave the advice, then that probably means Moses was teachable, right? You don't, you don't typically give a lot of advice to somebody that doesn't want to hear it. And so I love seeing Moses. He knew how to accept godly counsel. He wanted the godly counsel. So that's encouragement to me and to you, you know, who's listening as far as being available for that. Right. God will bring the right people. Yeah. And, um... When I read this, it made me think also of this question. Uh, what godly counsel have I received that I haven't put into practice yet? What godly counsel have I received that I haven't put into practice yet? And I think that's a great question, you know, to ask yourself today. Uh, maybe even write that down right now. And then when you this is over, you know, you take a minute and ask the Lord. Maybe go back in your journal. Just give it some thought. But what small change or wisdom could you implement today uh, that's going to help you in a practical way? That's a good exercise, too, because oftentimes in this line of work, people will say, um, I just don't know what God wants me to do next. Or I have been in situations where I've felt like, God, what do you want me to do next? And often the answer is, what was the last thing I told you to do that you maybe haven't been obedient to? That's really good. Like, let's not worry about the next step till we've done the last step. And so it's good to journal, as you're saying, Pastor Nicole, about those things and just remember, just really give yourself the honest uh, question and answer time of what was the last thing God told me to do and have I acted on it obediently and in faith? And then, you know, it gives you that clean slate to operate from for the next thing. Yeah, that's really, really good. Um, And, you know, if you want to read Exodus 18, you'll see the leadership advice Jethro gave. I'll leave that as a cliffhanger today, but... Uh, it's great. It's great advice. It's advice that, uh, you know, expands the test of generations and time and, and something we do here often, you know, in, in leadership even now. So you never know what kind of wisdom uh, others can give you, that are particularly that are in the Word as well. Uh, any other thoughts on those passages? Otherwise, I think I'll move to the New Testament. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think it's good. I, I guess I would just say it's a, it shows that um, oftentimes when it's like, hey, I want to read the Bible, we, we do, we focus on the New Testament, we focus on a lot of things, and it's good, but it's just a, it just shows you there's a lot to be found 
any anywhere in the Word and in these in these Old Testament passages that sometimes can maybe seem daunting to read through, um, you know. For sure, and I think to hopefully, uh, you know, I'm kind of giving you an example of the way you can interact with the Word. Um, just reading it is valuable, absolutely. But reading it even uh, and trying to ask yourself questions from it, looking into maybe parts of it that you question or look deeper, um, you know, journaling, things like that, praying through that, those are even enhance, right, your experience with the Word of God. You know, sometimes in this, if you uh, do come to church here and listen to me share, I say this quite often, so maybe this won't surprise you, but uh, a lot of times I'll go to the Word and I'll read three words, you know, three of the first sentence, and I'll just stop in my track. I can't even get any further because right. the Lord's talking to me or asking, you know, thinking about different questions or how this is going to, you know, so you don't sometimes have to read an abundance of 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 verses, um, I mean, just keep on the reading plan you do, but to get something out of the word of God sometimes just takes even a moment, right? One sentence and God can speak to you. Yeah. I I think it's totally different for me. I don't, I usually, when I read the word, like a chapter's plenty to, to (laughs) chew on and dig through. So for me, this has been different because to, to read three or four chapters and I, I get it as a preacher, as someone who writes sermons, like, you, you can find and, and God will show you things in three or four or six verses, you know. So that can be a lot to just journal through and, and chew through on its own. But to to churn through three and four chapters at a time, you know, it is it is a lot. And so, I don't know, it's kind of like there, there's multiple ways to read the Bible and there's multiple, yeah. you know, it's, so it's, it's good. It's good to get context for sure and, and to start somewhere. So, okay, so the portion of the reading plan for today that was in the New Testament was in the book of Matthew. And um, I love when the Bible lets us eavesdrop into Jesus' conversations. I feel like that's such a beautiful window uh, moment for us. We can learn so much from how Jesus just replied, how he uh, responded. And so this particular passage that we read today is actually found in all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it tells of this man that was rich, uh, who was also young. And the Gospel of Luke tells us he was a ruler, so he was in authority or leadership of some kind. And he and Jesus are having a conversation. And the rich man says, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus is pretty straightforward. You know, he says, well, keep the commandments. You know, I've kind of already told you this, bro. You know, like, you know, you do these things. And the rich man says, well, which ones? And Jesus starts listing them. And the rich man says, I've done all that. I, you know, check, 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 right? I've got all that on lock. And um, it's interesting because in Mark 10, uh, when we read this same story, it actually it gives us even a little, another nuance of what's happening here. It actually says that in that moment, as, as the rich man is, is saying, yes, I've done all these things, X, Y, Z, I've met all these requirements. Jesus actually has compassion on him. Like he, he isn't uh, reaching in his pocket to find a medal, you know, or a gold star to put on his, his shirt. He is loving him and he, um, he's not trying to trick him or confuse him. He wants this man to understand that actually uh, it's not about any of that stuff. Right. It's about surrender. It's about surrendering your whole life to follow Jesus. And yes, like I'm sure Jesus was glad that he's following these guidelines because they bring us life and, you know, that kind of thing. But also the rich man was very confused and had missed the point, really. Right. And I love when we miss the point. You know what this tells me? Jesus has compassion on us. Right. Right. Uh, He's not waiting to scold us or 
laughing at us, you know, or having any of those responses like humans do often. He's having compassion on us. So I thought that that was really... Um, right. It's detailed. it's really Jesus compassionately saying, it's not about what you do. Yeah. It never was. It never will be. So good. It's, it's about who he is and who he is to you. So... Yeah, that's really encouraging. So anyway, he uh, so the, Jesus says, all right, look, well, if you want to be a disciple, then you have to follow me and you have to have a relationship with me. But here's what it's going to take. And he basically says, you're going to have to give up all your stuff. You're going to give up all these things that, that you're holding so close. Basically, the thing that was coming between his relationship with Jesus, you know, and himself. And, um, you know, it's interesting, too, because you would think in the scripture they would just pick all the best winning stories, you know, <laughs> like right, all the ones right. of everybody, the people who obeyed or the people. But that's not what we see here. And actually, it's not what we see in a lot of places. But um, the rich young man actually decides against following Jesus. He says, well, sorry for the offer, but my heart is set upon these things that I've worked for. And it mm. says he goes away sad, which I find really fascinating. Yeah. Um, he's not proud or cocky. He he almost comes to this realization in himself that like he doesn't have the character to actually give up, you know, all those things. Right. Right. And a good question to ask at this juncture in the scripture would be, how would you feel? You know, how would you feel right. if God asked you to do that? Um, and I think there's a reality and a hypothetical, right? <laughs> I would like sure, to think I'd sure. feel a certain way, but how would I really feel? Yeah. Um, now, a pretty popular verse comes up here when it says Matthew nineteen twenty four. Again, I tell you. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Um, now, a camel, large, large animal, right? Trying to squeeze through a really small hole. Uh, I think it's actually supposed to be a little humorous. Like, I think it's kind of a little bit of a, right, you right. know, this is kind of a ridiculous thought. Uh, but Jesus is reminding us here that following him is going to take all of who we are. Like, our whole surrender. Not just our stuff, but our hearts, our minds, our lives, you know, everything about it. So. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just want to encourage you, if you're listening today again, keep reading. You're doing great. Uh, keep asking the right questions. You know, you may even want to keep a journal of questions. Why did why'd you say this? You know, what happened? And maybe we can answer those someday together. Um, if you missed a few days, just get back on track. Make it up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, right, you're through a right. whole month. Um, yeah, hopefully you knew when we started the read through the Bible in a year plan that it there's 11 more months after That's the first right. one. So, you know, just uh, right. co- you can course correct along the way. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it'll be a really good uh, a really good exercise. And I would encourage you to uh, grab a journal, keep it with your Bible, write down things and questions. Um, and, you know, throughout this year, we will have different bonus materials, different uh, opportunities, things. And maybe one or two of them will look like a question and answer time uh, on a some random evening in the sanctuary where we could, who knows, but it would be good to, as you are, uh, you, the listener, are growing in ways of reading the word, it would be great for us to receive feedback so we could help maybe answer questions, show you different things we've learned along the way and how to read the Bible and how to find some of these different things. So hopefully this has encouraged you and we appreciate you listening along. Anything else, Pastor Nicole? No, just we believe in you. We believe in you and we're so excited. We're cheering you on from here. Keep reading the word and we'll see you. I was wondering and you found me.